Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. No longer leave us, Lord, now only save yourself if you are the Christ. Where our Lord was crucified, there were three crosses, two thieves, two sinners, one on his right and one on his left. It's a picture of Judgment Day. Two thieves separated by Jesus, sheep and goats, the wise and the foolish, the believing and the unbelieving. They represent the world for whom Jesus died. They represent you. They represent me. So this morning, we're going to zero in on the reaction of those two thieves to Jesus, to when they see their crucified king. The scene is the sun is scorching down on the three as they hang atop the hill. You have to imagine, it smelled of of sweat, of blood and dirt, of sour wine and urine. It smelled of death. The first thief, he had heard great tales of this man to his left. The man was said to be some sort of miracle worker. He was called Jesus of Nazareth, and he even claimed to be the Son of God. The thief watched as he heard the crowd gathered around the crosses. The crowd wanted their Messiah to free them from the Romans and establish a kingdom on earth. Well, Jesus didn't give that to them. So instead of leading the people to Jesus as their king, the religious leaders led them away from Jesus. They used Jesus' kingly titles to make fun of him as he was dying. They were confident that Jesus was not the Messiah. Why? Because in their mind, Messiahs are not crucified. On the contrary, they thought that Jesus' suffering proved that God had already cursed him. He was dying. He could, how could he save anyone else or give them eternal life? Because Jesus continued to suffer and would not come down from the cross, that's why the rulers felt that they had proven their point, that he was not the Christ, the chosen one. The thief sees all this, and he joined with the voice of those who stood at the foot of Jesus' cross. What is he thinking? What an embarrassment to die next to this lunatic. Aren't you the Messiah? Save us and save yourself. Not even a condemned criminal has any respect for Christ the King. The thief was an unbeliever. He refused the salvation that was right next to him. He mocked the only Savior that there is. Even in despair of death, he was full of hatred and mockery. His salvation is right next to him, and he refuses to see it. In that Jesus, in that man crucified next to him, he could have found pardon for his sins, acquittal before God, the promise of paradise. But he would not have it. Instead, he mocks Jesus even when he's 
at the point of death. The other thief rebukes him. Don't you fear God? You're under the same sentence. You're condemned just like he is. The thief preaches the law. He points out a word of truth. We're receiving the due reward for our deeds, the thief says. We are getting what we deserve. This man has done nothing wrong. Yet, not even that convinces this thief. He does not repent. His heart remains hard until it gives out. The life of a criminal rejecting the pardon of God offered to him, even death. But fear of his impending death overcomes the other thief. And amid the pain and amid the shouting of the crowd, the weight of his sin envelops him. Looking at Jesus on the cross to his right, the man sees someone who has done no wrong. He believes the stories that he's heard about Jesus. This Jesus this man from Nazareth, he raised the dead, he walked on water, and he was not a lunatic. He was the one whom he claimed to be, the very Son of God, the Messiah. The thief trusts that this man can save him. Perhaps not in this life, and not from his death, but he has the power to do what he says he will. This man has done nothing wrong, the thief said. And yet, Jesus dies as if he's done everything wrong. Forsaken by God. Condemned, persecuted, mocked, and ridiculed. Jesus didn't look like a king. Much less the king that God promised to Israel. He looked like a man who was defeated by his enemies. Laughed at by those who hated him. He looked like a criminal who was being put to death. And yet... The penitent thief believed that he was the Messiah, the Savior, the King. The thief did not believe what his eyes could see or his reason told him. He believed and clung to the Word of God. He believed the prophecies in the Old Testament which said that the Messiah must suffer. He believed that Jesus was the Son of God when he heard him say those words, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then comes the prayer of faith. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now that is how faith prays. The thief asks for nothing. He asks for nothing but to be remembered by Jesus. He doesn't ask to be saved from the cross. He doesn't ask for his suffering to end. Just remember me. And remember does not mean simply think of me later. Instead, it's a cry for mercy. Oh, heavenly king, do not exclude me because of my sins and my crimes. Because that thief believed, he prayed, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He didn't know precisely when. He only knew that there would be a time when Jesus would not be the hidden suffering king that he saw. No, the criminal knew that all men one day would see that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, the King of the whole universe. And the thief wanted Jesus mercifully to remember him on that day, that day of judgment. And then 
from the dying lips of Jesus, the repentant criminal hears words that promised him more than what he asked for. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is not the final resting place. Paradise is the place of rest and refreshment that we go to after death and before new life and resurrection. But the guilty criminal is pardoned by, before God and he's justified for Jesus' sake. Though the world found the criminal guilty and sentenced him to death for his deeds, and justly so, the Son of God has declared him righteous, fit for life in paradise. Though he dies for his crimes, he's pardoned for his sins by the sinless one. The man dying next to him has promised him eternal life, and his death sentence becomes a life sentence. The truth is, we are all robbers who deserve death for our sins. We are all liars, murderers, thieves, power mongers, abusers, and adulterers at hearts. Every one of us, there is no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the law condemns us all. We can try to excuse ourselves and say, oh, I'm not that bad. Or we can try to make up for our sins by a whole bunch of good deeds. But the wages of sin is death. We deserve it. We all do. No one escapes death either, since it comes to all of us. Now, I want you to see that Jesus didn't say anything to that first thief. Jesus said, every blasphemy uttered against him would be forgiven. Jesus prayed for those who mocked him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Did that prayer also extend to the thief who mocked him? Yeah, of course it did. Did his blood and death atone for that first thief too? Yeah. Of course it did. And yet, Jesus' silence over that thief did not give that man any comfort. He stands condemned by his own words. And the same goes true for us all if we do not repent. The gifts of salvation will not reassure us on the last day if we reject them. How can Jesus remember you in his kingdom if you refuse baptism, if you refuse his word, his body, and his blood, if you refuse to trust him and refuse to live a Christian life. So follow the example of the penitent thief. Turn to the cross, to the suffering of Jesus for you, and the weight of your sins will be lifted. We have a crucified king. We have a king who forgives sinners. We have a king who promises paradise, an eternal life to those who repent. Repent while there is time. If we repent like this penitent thief, we have the promise that paradise is ours. Where Jesus is, that's where you find the kingdom of God. Where Jesus is, that's where you find your king. Christ is your king, and he will be your king forever. Never cease turning to your king and praying to him. Jesus, remember me. Hear and hold on to that promise. You will be with me in paradise.
Then, if you repent and cling to that for dear life, you will be able to die with your king in peace and, and say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And you will enjoy a blessed rest until the day of resurrection, the final, when the final Easter dawns, the Easter day that will have no end. Hosanna to the King. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.